0: hey y'all welcome to bankrupt overland it's lj uh i've got a couple of my buddies here that we're gonna just do some chatting today we're gonna talk about uh key planning keys to planning overland travel um and, and we got a couple little topics here we're gonna go into but first let's see who we're talking to today hey uh steve why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what you're driving
1: what's up man hey uh, so uh my name's steven i drive a 2006 lx 470 so uh lexus's version of the 100 series line cruiser Sweet. um it has yeah <laughs> has uh over 265 thousand miles on it and still just ticking you know that uh, 4.7 liter va is just it's butter man it's awesome
0: awesome awesome have you uh have you done any uh any cool mods to it recently or, or any cool trips
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so uh Actually, this mod was kind of inspired by uh, uh Jeff he uh helped me kind of figure out some i guess rear camping lights so i have a I have a dual battery system in the back um, of of my vehicle and uh switched it all up. It has amber and white lights and we did we actually did do a trip down to georgia called a uh, we went to Blythe island it's about an hour south of savannah um, about twelve hundred mile round trip um, but the recent mod that I did was just those camping lights in the back and it's just, it was just money, man. It was perfect. You know, cause we got to camp pretty late flip a switch. You got yellow and then Amber and we were actually getting swamped with, uh, mosquitoes and everything. So that Amber light came in, came in clutch, but that's my uh, most recent mod, man. It's, I love it, man. Probably the easy, one of the easier things that I've done, but, but definitely well worth it.
0: Nice. Nice uh and also today we got uh we got jeff man tell us about yourself
2: hey how's it going guys uh my name is jeff and i drive a 97 um, lx 450 um, and it's a front and rear locked and i've been building it for about a year and pretty much do everything on it myself try and avoid uh spending much money by buying other people's parts and just make it myself
0: I like it. I like it. What's your Instagram name?
2: Uh, DIY <laughs> underscore Land Cruiser. <laughs> yeah, a lot of DIY action for me.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. And, uh, and I also drive a Land Cruiser. Uh, mine's a 2003 model. <laughs> uh, it's got about 255,000 miles. So I'm just, just behind Steve there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And so as you can tell, it's a Toyota crowd in this group. Um, we, we like to go places and we like to come home, so we all chose Toyota's. I
2: got the oldest rig with the least amount of miles. How's that work? Go figure miles, right. Right? <laughs> uh, I'm right at like 205, I think. Oh,
0: that's not bad. You've already changed. Oh, head it's gasket, still a baby.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah, I already did a head gasket right when I bought it.
0: Uh, you're ready to go. You're ready to go. Um. Well, cool. So today, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to keep these too, too scripted, right. But, um, we do want to have some, some relevant topics that, you know, people might, might like to hear. And so if you're out there and you want to hear us talk about a topic, let us know. Um, and, and we'll, we'll etch it into the calendar here. Um, but today we thought we would start off with, uh, you know, what you're looking at when you plan an overland trip, right. An overland adventure. Um, and, and that's a lot, right. So first off, your first question is like, what is really overlanding? Right. Um, and so that's a whole conversation, I think, for maybe another episode. <laughs> but, you know, at its simplest form, <laughs> right, it's, you know, uh, you know road-based travel uh, in a vehicle kind of and, and going out and camping and, and getting out there. And So one of, the, one of the first areas when you're looking at planning an overland trip is, is are you looking at a group trip or a solo trip? And so um, when you're looking at a group trip, you know, what are some things that, that y'all look at? Uh, when you're when you're looking to plan a group trip of say maybe you know four to six vehicles,
2: I'll kick it off. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I try and plan for group trips is coordination between what everyone's bringing. Um, the main thing is not every single person in the group needs to bring a giant tool bag with impacts and hatchets and chainsaws, and not everyone needs to bring a whole thing a gallon of coffee creamer a whole gallon of you know all the stuff that everybody brings that my main concern usually is keeping the weight to a minimum in my vehicle and if you can bring less stuff and you can disperse the load over um, many vehicles you're going to be better off and then it brings you together to work as a team instead of being a solo self-reliant person that a lot of us are so group efforts. I like to, you know, be prepared. Um, In the past, I've listed out, you know, created like Google documents with all the tools and things that I carry and, you know, put a little bit of trust in the people that you're with, that they're going to bring the things that they're saying. And, you know, you start to build a relationship, all these people, and you realize what each, each person can contribute in, you know, the group, you know, not everyone has, you know, soft shackles and toe straps, but not everyone in the group needs it. You know, you only need it that one time. So that's my main main advice for group travel is just coordinate with everyone on what you guys can all bring and share to bring together for one trip.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I definitely echo what uh, uh, Jeff was saying is, you know, you don't need, like, for example, the group we run with, uh, we run with uh, uh, Alexis Tech, someone that works on, uh land cruisers uh so you know he most likely has all the tools right so i don't need to bring an impact you know uh <clears throat> to, to change tires you know there, there there's certain things that i do think is important for everybody to bring kind of like your, your personal first aid kit and things like that um, but jeff is spot on i don't think you need to bring four gallons of your starbucks creamer you know to people to use individually right <laughs> i mean we do tend to bring uh quite a bit of food um but i think it's just cuz as part of the overlanding uh aspect i don't know me personally i like to cook good meals in cool places um so yeah that that's a 100% echo what jeff was saying just just kind of coordination uh with, with groups um but i'm actually curious about what you're going to say lj because you did a pretty big trip out to the Outer Banks with another buddy of ours. Uh, I'm curious how, how you guys coordinated
0: that. Yeah, so that was a really uncoordinated trip, first off. Uh, <laughs> 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 we... Uh, we- we were we were actually on that trip. It was a lot like um, a lot of individual travelers because we we kind of met at the Outer Banks mm. at the ferry, uh, and that's when we all met yeah. up and did our trip. And so and then we all kind of left at different times as well because uh, Nick and Sydney I think they stayed for a few more days in a house after we finished camping on the beach. And mm. so we all kind of went in different ways. Um, but one but one thing I, I did have in mind, and, and this is something that Jeff can probably attest to. Us in, great annoyance during the Red Clay Rally was I didn't have good communications in the, in the Red Clay Rally. I, I had yeah. uh, I actually had purchased the wrong radio and showed up <laughs> to the rally with like a two-way walkie-talkies. And they're like, yeah, that's not going to work with all the communications that we all have. And so I planned this entire, you know, I got this group together, got everybody excited. We're going to do the rally, and I'm the only person that can't talk to anybody that's in our group because I completely boofed our communication purchase and so on this most recent trip I went on uh last weekend uh down to some uh to some the foothills of of Chattanooga um we uh I had my new radio in I got a Midland GMRS radio uh installed it about a couple days before this trip and everybody had GMRS as well and let me tell you how cool it was to have constant communication with everybody that I was with. It was, especially because I was by myself on this trip in the, in the Land Cruiser. So mm-hmm. there was nobody else to talk to during the day as we're riding on these trails. <laughs> and so I was probably a, a chatter bug on the, on the radio, but it was, you know, nice to have that constant communication with the group, especially, you know, when you're, when you might get separated, it's like, there were a couple of times where I was like, Hey, do I go left or right at this fork? Right. They're like, Oh, go this way. Um, and so uh, that was, that was pretty cool. That was one thing that I would say, and we're looking at group travel that I missed the mark on for a while. Um, but now that I haven't, I wish I would have jumped in a whole lot earlier on having good communications built out in my rig.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I tend to do more solo trips uh, than group trips uh, just because my trips tend to be more last minute, um, But communication is key, you know, especially if if you're doing like you were talking about the Red Clay Rally, where there's there's certain times that you're trying to meet certain checkpoints, and you know, um, you want to make sure that you're in that communication with everybody. So it's, I think that's a phenomenal point.
2: Yeah, Yeah. one of the first things I did um, before I moved out to Tennessee, I was in San Diego, and we'd be in the (laughs) open desert, so. You'd be camping with someone and we would we would hide in remote canyons you couldn't see where i was camped and i'd have buddies come out and i'd give them i had a some ham radios at that time and i'd give them the frequency that i'm on they're like oh i don't have a radio and i'm like i don't want to stand around looking for you guys all the time so if you have people meeting up with you you can just turn your radio on in your car and people are going to be able to get a hold of you within you know a three, four, five mile radius at least so when they get to close to the spot of where you guys are at, you can, you know, hear them, you know, crying on the radio. Hey, where are you guys? Where are you guys? So that's another thing that is good. So I, I ended up buying two radios just so I can give them the people that I was with. So the, the, front, the front runner guy and then the tail gunner would both have radios and they would keep, you know, everyone corralled um, in the desert because... Mm. You know you go around a canyon and you couldn't tell if the person was right behind you because you're in this little like slot canyon driving through and you know cell phones don't work at all so there's no no other communication besides radio so for group travel for group travel it's almost a necessity um and another big a big thing that saved us when we're doing the rally is being able to tell people if cars were coming when they're pulling Mm. on the road you know you'd go on a highway that was kind of a blind curve and the, the front guy could once he pulled out, he could see back in the road in his mirror and he could wave all the cars through. So we ended up adopting um, the ability to, you know, say, hey, clear, clear, you know, clear or someone would just be the main contact. Uh, until on, that uh, one time,
0: people. I almost got T-boned because Randall said clear and it wasn't clear.
2: <laughs> oh. There was some <laughs> involved there, I think, so. <laughs> uh,
0: it only yeah. works until it doesn't,
2: right? <laughs> up. So, yeah you learned
0: to who to trust that's the, that's the whole trust thing <laughs> 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 oh that's great that's great all right i'm gonna kick it over solo trips and actually i'm gonna kick it to you steve because we're on communication and i know that you have a yeah. really cool piece of communication for solo trips that i'd like you to chat about
1: yeah absolutely so i like i mentioned i, I tend to do more solo trips uh and the, the trips that I end up doing um, tend to not have self-service. So we did Land Between Lakes uh, early early last year, actually. I think it was beginning of January. And um, we we kind of came to the conclusion that, hey, if this is what we're going to do uh, more of. Let's be smart about, about this, right? So
2: uh-huh.
1: can't get service with your cell phone out there. Um, it's 167,000 acres of just nothingness i mean obviously land but uh there's no sort of cell server so we invested in a uh, garmin inreach and uh if for, for those who don't know it's a satellite based um communication device so kind of it's kind of two parts i can send a text message out using uh the iridium satellite network or i can receive text messages in so say if I don't know, I blow a CV and I say, hey, LJ, these are my coordinates. Can you get me a CV to these coordinates? He can say, yep, got it on my way. Kind of keep me updated. So peace of mind type of deal. <laughs> um, and it's also the kind of the second part of that is it's also a SOS device. So say if I'm, and this is kind of what I really love about it, is say if I'm hiking uh, and it's just my wife and I hiking up I don't know to see a fire tower, and I break my leg. She can't carry me out, you know. Say if I, I fall and I break my leg, she can't carry me out. So, smash an SOS button, and the uh, Garmin, the folks at Garmin will uh, reach out to the local search and rescue teams um, and come and recover me, whether that be National Guard or uh, a local, um, the Forest Service people or anybody else. Did you see they'll, that they'll kind of coordinate that.
0: Did you see that story in Mexico so, that came out like two days ago? I'm pretty sure. Oh, about Armin that. That, like, saved but, their, that saved their tails, wasn't it?
1: I believe so. What, yeah. Is that the one with the Tacoma that got shot up?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, and that, that's exactly what it is. So what happens is, uh, and I've, I've taken seminars on it, so it's, it's super fascinating. First off, the Iridium network is 100% global. So, I can be in wait, 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 Tennessee, wait, 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 California.
0: Wait, 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 You said Iridium Network. I don't know what that is. Can you explain? Yeah.
1: Just, so, like high level sales
0: guy terms, what Iridium Network is?
1: <laughs> sure. So, the Iridium Network is a group of satellites. Uh, that's all oh. it is, is just satellites. And they call it the Iridium Network. Um, but that's what the, the, the Garmin reaches out to, right? So, there's satellites okay. orbiting uh, our Earth. And so, I can be in Tennessee, California, Mexico. Heck, I could be in Germany and if I hit that SOS, button, I got immediate contact with someone, a, a literal person sending me messages saying, Hey, what, what's your status? But what's cool is say if I, I don't know, say if I fall, break my leg and I'm bleeding out, I smash the SOS button and then I go unconscious. They're going to try to keep that contact with me, but if they don't get any contact, they'll start sending people to my location. And because it's a GPS device, They know exactly where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So I can be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, hit that SOS, and they're going to send the Coast Guard to get me. So being a solo traveler, um, you know, you kind of have to prepare for those sort of things. And I I hope I never use it, right? Um, But it is kind of a nice to have, not only just for the SOS aspect of it, but say if I need to send a text message to friends saying hey yep i've arrived here or hey mm-hmm. i'm uh, i'm a little bit late you know th- but this is my eta whatever um and also i use it as a gps device too so i, I pair it up with my ipad and i have global gps anywhere where i have i have the the Garmin in reach so super awesome piece of kit it's kind of expensive initially right it, it is a uh, expensive piece of kit but the way i look at it is if it's $450 or my life, I'd rather spend that $450, you know, $450 now and have to use it to, to save my life. So um, that's kind of the, the big, while we're on communication for a solo traveler, traveler, I think something that is more global or more reliable than cell services is, is vital.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're out in the – I mean, we're trying to go places where people aren't building cell towers, right? Like, that's my goal. I, if there's a cell right. tower, I'm I'm probably not doing my Overland trip planning very well. Uh, you know, maybe I am. I don't know. Yep. Uh, but, but you know, when I'm looking at it, I'm going, man, I don't – I shouldn't be able to get on Instagram when I get to my sweet campsite, right? Like, you, you just – there's just things about that where <laughs> – You got to post you know, it, man. Yeah, I mean, you can take pictures. You got to post it later, right, when you're yep. done. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, you know, I, I've been thinking about getting one of those and, and, you know, I was thinking too, on the hand of like, you mentioned at the end of, of being able to communicate like with a loved one, like, Hey, I just arrived at my campsite. You might, as Jeff mm-hmm. was saying, it might be the desert right? And, and you want, you want to be yeah. able to give them a safe arrival that you've made it and you're safe and, and you're, you're going to be laying down, yep. right? Like those, those things are, are so important to make sure when you're on these long trips that, um, you know, your loved ones know you're safe.
1: Yeah, and what's also cool, uh, that I don't necessarily utilize a whole lot, uh, but you can actually uh set it up to where every uh ten minute intervals, five minutes, one minute, it send sends a ping to the, the satellites and then someone can check on a Garmin site exactly where you oh. are in, in almost real time. So it's it's an awesome, awesome piece of kit. I ah, highly recommend cool. it for anybody that does solo stuff. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that. That's dope.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really cool.
0: Um, So switching gears, we're going to go to food. I know there's one thing that Jeff always carries in his his fridge, in his (laughs) truck. Uh, I was able to enjoy a sweet treat at the top of a ridge one day. Tell us about what you always keep in your fridge, no matter if it's a solo trip or a group trip.
2: (laughs) Ice cream, baby. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so – Funny story
2: with, with the ice cream. So I just moved to Tennessee and I met up with all these guys. Um, some on this call, some not. And I had a 24 pack of like assorted ice cream cone, uh, sandwiches, um, everything. (laughs) And I set some boundaries and the rules were first person that breaks their rig gets an ice cream. First person that gets stuck (laughs) gets an ice cream and then if everybody's been good at the end of the day, you get an ice cream. So. This, is a, this is a funny thing coming into a group group. I thought it was pretty funny. One of the guys broke. He got his ice cream. And at the end of the day, we all sat on this ridge and all chowed down some ice cream in like 85 degree hot and humid weather. And- I didn't
0: know I liked ice cream that much until then. Like that was the moment that you should have ice cream is when you finish a day <laughs> of wheeling on top of a ridge in the middle of summer in Tennessee.
2: Yeah, and and That's because of that, I have like five or six guys whose wives hate me because they all bought fridges after.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that was me. I bought a fridge. i was like, this is dope. I gotta get a fridge. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh uh, I, <laughs> I haven't made the jump yet i'm still i'm still rocking the used 65 court yeti right now it works, it works. Me, nothing wrong with that <laughs> one day though i'm sure i'm sure i'll be in the in the dometic clan <laughs> Call us for sponsorships <laughs> um but uh <laughs> so before before i move on anything else uh around solo travel that that y'all think is, is something kind of cool to put out or something important that people, people may, may want to know if you're looking to plan a solo trip?
2: I, I think one thing that is important is everybody goes out and does solo travel so they can learn how to be self-reliant mm. and set up okay. their gear, take down their gear and take care of themselves without having to rely on other people. Because the overland industry, it's it's very friendly. Everyone will help anybody. Right. If you see someone broken, you'll pull over and help. But it's also good to learn those skills before you need them and rely on other people. Um, the solo mm-hmm. trips that I went on were in the desert, and I'd bring my two kids. You know, one of them being you know not uh, ten or eleven months old, and the other one being two years old. And we'd go, you know, fifteen miles from the nearest paved road in the middle of the desert and we'd go camp, you know, for a night or two and we'd be driving through, you know, all types of terrain and you need to know how to change a tire. You need to know how to you mm-hmm. know, fix something on your rig. If it breaks, have some ratchet straps and you know, all those things. So I'd say that's one big key about the solo travel is just being able to understand self-reliance and take care of yourself
0: yeah yeah that's
1: yeah i think that's that's literally that's a good point now it's interesting that you brought that up because uh and i want to kind of hear y'all's perspective on this because you two uh, have kids and i imagine that the planning aspect of that changes drastically whether you bring your kids or not so i'm curious either solo or group it doesn't necessarily matter but i'm curious how you know because i imagine you have to pack and plan for more things, right? You have to entertain those kids. You have to, uh, you know, bring more ice cream or or whatever it may be. So (laughs) I'm curious how how that dynamic changes versus you going solo or solo with a group without kids.
0: Go ahead, Jeff. Tell us what you think. You, you, you are, I actually, when I asked the solo thing, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned bringing the kids because I look at your, your trips with your children as a solo trip. There's no other vehicle there to support you, right? So Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, that's that's I'd say solo mm-hmm. is. Um, I'd say people get scared and people message me all the time. Like, when did you start bringing your kids? Or, oh, I can't do that. My kids are too young. And I just tell them they're making excuses because I took mm-hmm. my kids out in a bone stock two-wheel drive xterra to the desert i took one of my, my son there and we just did a boys camping trip and it was it was awesome like, amazing hey
0: and, i was one of those guys uh, i said yeah i said yeah, i can't take both my kids out and you were like no yeah you can and and then i did it and i was like oh i can i can take both kids out it's okay to do that. <laughs> i didn't die i didn't die <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's exhausting, but you figure it out, and Ugh. you just learn. And you know, then I then I picked up a Land Cruiser, and I started fixing it up. And then we, you know, we used to sleep in the back, and we, you know, you could be cold or you could be warm, or you just learn. You learn from each time you go out there, and you just take your kids with you, experience it, you know, yeah. figure it out. I just took my kids camping, mm-hmm. just me and myself and my two kids um, last weekend, and it started snowing but I was prepared. I had an awning. I had shelter. I had a fire and we had, I had a, I just built a diesel heater. So we had a warm tent and you know, you just, you, you figure it out as you go and you just, you know, acquire more things to make it more comfortable. So the little kids can go.
0: Speaking of diesel heaters, my <laughs> diesel heaters, my garage <laughs> warm right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff inspired me to build one myself. Nice. Uh, no, on the on the you know taking your kids that was a that was a cool trip to, and I ended up doing it at the end of the summer over LBL to LBL took both kids out and, and to Jeff's point exhausting is the, is the best way to put it I was like utterly exhausted mm-hmm. by the end of it but my children had the time of their lives like just being out camping being able to go swim the lake like it was it was worth the exhaustion one hundred percent to get them out and and have them do it but what I what I have learned is just like with every time I go out, I tend to carry a little bit less every time I go out. Um, so I took way too much stuff for the, for the first time with it. with When I when I took when I took my son out the first time, he's gone out with me a few times. He's he's seven years old. He's been out a handful of times when we camped camping, and so he's a little bit more versed in it. My daughter's uh, just turned four, and so she's been out once with us. Um, it'll be out a few more times this year as well. But uh, I, I took a whole lot of stuff I didn't need the first time, and I've kind of ratcheted it back and really, I, I just got to add an extra, you know, an extra piece of food for him, really, and and he could pretty much survive off everything that I keep packed in the vehicle and what I bring. Um, I do always bring a few extra sets of clothes for him because, you know, kids are kids, um, yeah. but, you know, you don't have to bring too much help <laughs> for him. Wyatt eats what I eat, and the kids eat what I eat, so normally I just cook, and they, you know, I add extra, little extra food for them, and um, I don't have to do too much else besides that and make sure they got the juice boxes and snacks and things, and and, I, yeah. I, you know, Jeff and I have talked about this also. You know, I'll let them watch, watch a movie at the end of the night and hang out in the tent and chill out. And, you know, we don't have to completely mm-hmm. unplug when we're out there because at the end of the day, I'm just glad they're out there with me, right? They're out there enjoying it. Yeah. And the majority of their day is spent playing in the lake or something. Hey, yeah, sure, let's watch a movie at night in the tent and chill out and relax and calm down.
1: That's really interesting because I was under the impression bringing a kid. And obviously, like I mentioned, I don't have a kid, so – my my idea of it is obviously pretty skewed, um, but I was under the impression that bringing a kid, you had to bring a ton of extra gear. But from what I'm hearing from you two, yeah, is it, i it's maybe a little bit extra gear. You know, kids tend to get a little bit more dirty if they they trip in the mud or whatever. But um, beyond that, it, it seems like it's normal kit plus a little extra, which is awesome. I think that's that's fantastic. Well, and, I guess that and to we're doing your point, all the- LJ
0: would okay. be on the age because you know what I've noticed yeah. too, when our you know when when our when our kids got out of diapers, what we had to carry mm-hmm. went down tremendously as a family, right? And oh, so, yeah. um, you know that that you know when we're looking at, so I'll say potty trained kids that eat what I eat, it's pretty easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh for for the solo trips and 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 with kids, it's it's not too much extra. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, you you do gotta plan for it, and you gotta know there's gonna be those downtimes where you're gonna want to be entertained while you might be building a fire or cooking dinner or sure. things like that, where you know you're gonna want to make sure they have something to keep them occupied so you can get those 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 small things done. Yeah, uh,
2: that that not for sure, and if it's yeah. cold or hot, you know you're with your vehicle so cold or hot you can always start it up turn the air conditioning on or start it up and turn the heater on it's a lot more heater um here in tennessee than it used to be in the desert where it'd be you know 90 degrees and they'd be like i'm hot i'm thirsty so then you just you know park the rig and turn the ac on for a little bit pull out some ice cream and they're rejuvenated yeah. <laughs> so, um awesome.
0: Back to the ice cream. I love it. I, I'm a big fan. I, I, I think you should keep ice cream in your fridge at all times because I want to get one next time we're able to hang out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, ooh, good question here is what I have next. Are you a go with the flow or do you have plans for basically every day when you're on a trip? Jeff, give it to me. So, back
2: – back in california i was go with the flow i'd get home i'd be driving home on a friday night at you know four o'clock and i'd text the wife hey i'm gonna take the kids camping and she'd be you know caught off guard but i'm bringing the kids so she's always down so <laughs> you know, I'd pack up, and the kids need food well, well i'll figure it out like, i just kind of just go with the flow so you know you hop in the car you pack it up and you know you get you on the road by 6 37 get to camp at nine o'clock kids are hungry you feed them some marshmallows you then cook dinner, and you just figure it out <laughs> kids are up past bedtime but they're having the time of their lives they're coming back you know from that trip and they're you know telling grandma and grandpa and their friends that i went camping I had marshmallows and climbed on the rock hill and all this stuff and i would never really plan I'd never really plan much um unless I was going with someone new that I wanted to show people the, the cool mm-hmm. places that I've been. Um, otherwise it's kind of, Hey, go drive down this wash and find out what's on the end. Oh, there's some mud caves that go, you know, a couple hundred yards back into the, the desert cliffs. Okay. Let's check it out. And my, my thought is, as I go overlanding and camping to get away from the real life, you know, my real life is meetings, planning, you know, phone calls, video chats and all that. So when I go out to the desert, I could have a giant plan, but what happens if it rains or what happens if the kids don't want to do it? Then I'll be disappointed because I don't get to do that thing. So if you don't plan, which I think this is like the main overland thing is like, it's the journey or whatever, whatever anyone wants to say is like, that's been kind of my philosophy for a while. Just like get out there and just figure out as it goes along. If you don't, if you don't have to do anything, if you don't have to get to a destination by a certain time then just figure it out, go with the flow and test the waters and see what you find.
0: I like it. I like it.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's kind of both, right? So at least here on the East coast, uh, we don't have necessarily like the, The BLM lands that the West Coast and, uh, you know, uh, those places have. So it's, there are certain areas like land between lakes, right, where you can just literally drive, find a primitive camp spot and and park. But I'll give a prime example. So for New Year's, I wanted to go to the beach, wake up on the beach, Jan 1, 2021. I think that was going to be the dopest thing in the world. Uh, The closest beaches to us are Florida. I spent literally two or three weeks trying to find a camp spot. So in that, in that sense, I had to literally plan it to where I said, okay, well, I'll just try Black Island. So I found a camp spot, got everything set set up that way. Um, But I think there's, there's merits to both. Right. So I think having kind of that go with the flow uh, sense of, I guess that mentality is great for um, kind of discovery right if you want to go someplace you've never been or have maybe have been you don't really want to plan it right like you you want to have that like what Jeff said hey let's go down this washboard road and see what's at the end of it and I think that is that is phenomenal but I do think that other times like what I tried to do um this past weekend was uh that needed to be planned right just because if I would have driven down to Florida I would have been parked at a Walmart parking Mm. lot and that wouldn't have been Mm. very fun to ring in 2021. Right. (laughs) So I I think there's merits to both, uh, but I tend to be planning. So I guess I, my mindset is plan a little bit, but when you're there, go with the flow. And I think that's kind of a compromise for both of them Um, because I, I enjoy, you know, traveling with my wife. And like, like I mentioned, I don't have any kids. So it's kind of the, hey, do you want to go this weekend or the weekend after? And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So we'll kind of figure out a general idea where we want to go. And then once we're on the road, we'll go with the flow. Um, so I think that a combination of both works really well. Now, for us personally. Now, what I love to just be like, whatever, we're just going to go. We're going to drive to to North Carolina and see what happens. We might end up in the mountains. We might end up in the beach. Who knows? Yeah, of course I'd love that. But I don't have that time to to just kind of – uh wander i wish i did but i don't
0: that'd be nice yeah no i'm in the same boat. you know we uh when when erica and i go on trips we we are pretty adamant that when we're tripping by ourselves, we don't make plans right we get to where we're going Mm -hmm. and we just go explore and we kind of just look look stuff up that day like hey let's go eat breakfast all right let's get on yelp and google and find the most authentic looking local restaurant we can go find some food at, right? And, um, we just yeah. kind of go with the flow that way. And, you know, we might wait an hour at 9am to get, to get into a restaurant, but we're cool with that because we're on vacation and we don't have anything to do. Um, but sure. you know, when you're looking at overland travel, you're, you're right. I think you have to have a, a little bit more preparation. If you're going into areas where, uh, like you're saying in Florida, where there's not just BLM land and, and open places yeah. to go camp at, right? if you want to camp on the beach, you got to do mm-hmm. that. We went to the outer banks, right? We had to we had to plan our ferry trip out. You know, you had you had you can't just drive out to the outer banks. You got to get on a boat yeah. to get up to get to the outer banks. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. we had to, you know, we had to plan a ferry. And but we knew when we were out there it was whatever, right? So you know, my wife would wake up, get out of the tent, get her mimosa, and sit on the beach all day, and then we'd jump in the land cruiser <laughs> and go Baja around the beach and nice. <laughs> driving the sand and hanging out. And, you know, everybody's like, and then we get back, and, all right, let's make some lunch. And you just kind of go with the flow and figure it out. And at one point at the Outer yeah. Banks, the wind picked up. We were at, it was so bad. Oh, my gosh, guys, it was so bad. Like, we couldn't even cook food because sand would just be getting our food, if that makes sense. It was mm. that windy on the oh, beach. Wow. And so we, we ended up having to, like, totally break down camp and move to the other side of the island where we were protected from the wind and so those are things Mm. that just happen right and you just gotta be you know and everybody could have been like oh man i gotta pack my camp up but everybody (laughs) was like okay cool that spot's gonna be a whole lot better let's get this stuff done let's jump in we'll baha a little bit and then we'll set up camp again it's gonna be cool (laughs) so uh yeah yeah, i I feel the i feel you on you know you got to do a little bit of preliminary planning you got to kind of set some outlines and boundaries. And then once you have those set and you know, you have like a, a safe place to sleep and, and you're good to go, then, Hey, let's go have fun and let's figure it out along the way. Right.
1: I think that's a really good point because being able to adapt is so vital to what we do. Right. It, it could be a, a freak, uh, storm that rolls in and I'm not talking just rain. I'm talking like tornado sort of deal. Um, Roll in, and you got to be able to say, okay, well, let's pack up camp and get to someplace safe. Or in your situation, I don't want sand in with my shrimp, so uh, let's move we were, to you know behind the dunes or whatever it was. <laughs>
0: we were we were trying to make scrambled eggs. Can you imagine eating some oh, scrambled no. eggs with wind Oof. and sand going? Oh my uh, god! No, no, it no, no! Be, you know, I, I thought I was eating eating the shells off the eggs. Every bite oh, I took. No, no. <laughs>
1: If I get shell in my scrambled eggs, I'm gagging. Like, it's so disgusting to me. <laughs> I can imagine crunching on sand eating eggs. I'd be in a mess. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it was interesting, but, you know, it, uh, it, it definitely – You just we just kind of went with the flow at that point. It was like, all right, well, we can't yeah. eat here. We can't cook here. We got to find somewhere else to go. And uh, I think Nick and the guys, actually what they ended up doing was when we couldn't cook, they just jumped in a truck and started driving. They they knew that the other side <laughs> of the island the wind should be lower, so they just drove to the other side of the island yeah, and nice. checked it, and then came back and were nice. like, "All right, pack it up, let's go!" Like, you know, we rolled out. <laughs> um, so hey, this leads us into the last piece of the of of the conversation here, and that's kind of, uh, you know, packing and and kind of camping and kind of what when you're looking at these trips, right? What are some 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 necessities that you know you got to have on every trip? And then, how do you, you know, it, it, how do you kind of, how have you set your rig up to to keep those things um, in their place? Are, are they well, actually, are, are they in their place all the time? Do you put them back in your rig every time you go on a trip, or do you have that stuff kind of set up? I'll kick it over to Steve. i it up. The- yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so I tend to leave some of my stuff. Uh, in the vehicle and then some of it I just I have a a dedicated area in my garage uh, where I put kind of the bulkier items so uh, my vehicle actually isn't daily driven anymore now that I I work from home Um, I kind of have that luxury of being able to keep everything staged somewhat in the vehicle Uh, for example I have my I have a kitchen box it's not a chuck box it's literally an aluminum case that has you know my pots my pans plates knives um cups things like that that I just keep in the in the vehicle and that's actually come in handy when I'm not camping right like one time I I had to drive somewhere I don't remember what it was and I got pho and I was like well I got pho to go and I realized well you can't get pho in a giant bowl right pho is a Vietnamese soup um so I just grabbed my Stanley pot and pulled off the side of the road and just ate ate the soup out of the Stanley pot. So it worked out perfect. Uh, So part of my, my kit is already staged in the vehicle. I think it is kind of two parts for me, a little bit of laziness, but also it's just nice to have those things um, in in the vehicle. Right? Yeah. Uh, But I do think organization though is is key for me. So being able to organize uh, what I have and how I carry it is so important to me. Um, so yeah, I have two drawer system and then I have a two-door drawer system that's stacked one on top of the other. And then I have a fridge right next to that. So um, I really like where it's at right now. Uh, I'm gonna do some modifications after this next trip uh, about some inconsistencies I had with that uh, kitchen box. Um, but that's kind of what,
2: what I got going on.
0: Nice. Jeff, I I know you, man. You keep a little bit more in your rig probably, don't you? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I've gone through, I'm on my second kind of platform, I guess you could call it a wannabe drawer set up and fridge slide. Um, so I have a giant fridge, i got the Dometic 75 liter, so that takes up a good chunk of the back. But then underneath that, I have a storage area that goes all the way to the second row seats where I keep three um, plastic, um, big plastic bins from Home Depot that, one carries my compressor and jumper cables, and which is an ex, which is just an extra that I don't need. Um, jumper cables and your
0: batteries, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: have two batteries, right? Yeah, two batteries in a jumper pack I always. Well, it's always think,
0: good to have cables for another person, though. Like I carry cables normally for people who who don't take care of their batteries.
2: That's what <laughs> my jumper pack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a double redundant. So. We're doing better than
0: AT and T right now. Let
2: me tell you. So I keep I keep um, a lot of things in there. I have my stove is usually in there um, with my grill, my like griddle, and then my fridge has been on for the past like seven, eight months. I haven't turned it off, so it's just always on. Um, It's just plugged into my garage, and. As far as the platform and all that, I have a sleep platform that I can sleep me and my two kids pretty comfortably um, at all times. Um, I don't always sleep in it. I have a rooftop tent as well as a, a ground tent that I can sleep in, but I I like to have a backup plan so just in case the weather hits, I can we can sleep inside the rig. But as far as packing and all that, I have two bins one bin is my kitchen and mess setup that has everything i need to cook clean and basically make coffee and all that and then the second bin is for food which i usually keep like some mac and cheese and granola and like um oatmeal and like syrup and pancake mix and like rice and stuff so like if i needed to i could just throw it in there and have enough food to go camp for one night and then basically I just grab those two bins and then my sleeping bag and sleeping pad and I'm good. So it's pretty much always ready to go. Um, it does vary every time I bring kids and whatnot and, you know, throw in the extra stuff and scooters and all that stuff. But most of the time it's, you know, two bins, make sure my stove's in there and filled up with fuel and then sleeping bags. And then I'm ready to go. So I could be, I could be in and out, in my house in 20 minutes if i had to like fully packed ready to
0: go that's 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 pretty good i'm not i'm not there yet yeah that's that's really good (laughs) i uh uh i will say that you know on the i just did that trip with the uh southeast toyota land cruiser association on new year's and i went by myself and uh it was really easy to pack i have had (laughs) i've had a lot of trips recently (laughs) where i've had multiple people with me um you know, three to four people in the Land Cruiser on, on multi-day trips. And uh, it, it's been just packed to the brim almost in the back on those trips. And so this trip literally with the drawers that I got from Steven in the back of my truck, um, <laughs> they, they literally like, I just threw my, my, my cooler on top. I put my table inside and, and actually that was all I had to actually pack in the actual Land Cruiser. Um, the, uh, rest, that's awesome. the rest of it stays in the drawers at all times. So I have those two drawers in the back. One is a recovery drawer. So it has recovery tools, all that stuff. in there. I will say, I did put, I did add some tools in there. Cause there are some tools that I keep in the garage normally that I bring with me at all times, uh, when I go out, go out on trips. So I did have to add some tools, but, uh, and then my other drawer is, um, is like food and cooking. So like, like, like Jeff, my grill stays in there all the time always keep a little uh, propane tank in there um, and then I always I have a little bin a little clear bin that I keep all my you know kitchen necessities in right I got some dawn in there I've got a little scrubber I've got some Pam I've got my I've got everything you can need you know I got I got a that little kit that I could I could cook I can clean I can get it done with that little kit right there mm-hmm. um, And then really it's just adding food um, beverages. Um, and then you know whatever whatever my kitchen setup's going to be for that time, but everything else I even keep my lights in those drawers too, so at night you just got to pop those lights on little battery powered lights and um you know, you've right. got you 've got good soft light to cook on without having to have um some really bright lights. I need to get on your wiring game and get some lights back there because uh that's uh, that's so, something that that I know would be a game changer. I was, we're on that trip this weekend. I'm cooking. I can see a little bit. I heard my headlight, a lamp on. I'm like, man, if I had some lights yeah. over here, this wouldn't be a problem anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all Jeff's idea, man. A hundred percent. He uh, he helped me with my setup, and I mean, his setup was was awesome when we went to uh, uh, Franklin State Forest. So it was, it was a, definitely a game changer for for me and my my kit.
0: Yeah, one thing I, I, I should have done is I should have wired those lights whenever I plumbed the wiring for that uh, antenna for the Midland radio. I would have made it a lot easier <laughs> But put yeah, done I all those together, uh, <laughs> taking every panel off again whenever I do this next project. <laughs> um, but hey, that leads us into the next conversation topic, which is going to be DIY platforms. So if you've been listening with us and you're still hanging here, it means we must... <laughs> like us a little bit or we're somewhat entertaining so (laughs) um come back check it out um we're going to be doing it next tuesday um if they can do it i don't know uh hopefully they can yeah Uh, i'm
1: down yeah
0: (laughs) um and uh and we'll talk about um those platforms we talked about right so i've got the drawer system in mind that i got from steve steve ended up building a whole new system in his land cruiser and as you know (laughs) jeff is on v2 um of of his uh his his system and so i think the next conversation we can just dive into these diy platforms what y'all think is important what you've learned and the two that y'all built and then um i can just yeah. maybe like talk to y'all about what y'all have learned because <laughs> i'm still learning myself <laughs> <laughs> you know, um,
1: i've definitely learned a lot over the process for sure
0: I bet. I bet. Well, hey, uh, really appreciate you guys coming on and, and chatting with us tonight. It was a, a fun time. I hope you all enjoyed it out there. Um, and uh, from from this one, man, I, I think we're about done with this. Y'all good, guys? All good here. I'm good.
1: Thank yeah. you for having man. Thanks for having us. This was a blast. I had tons of fun.
0: Yeah, hey, it was fun. let's keep it going, guys. Um, we all have a good week. Don't work too hard. And maybe y'all can uh, do a project or two to talk about next week.
1: Sounds good. We'll
0: see. See you guys. Peace.
2: See you later.